Welcome to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. We coach people every day on their money and how to plan for the future. As financial advisors, we're here to have an honest conversation and educate you on how to money. Intentionally and passionately to hit your money goals. And we'll throw in some sports talk along the way. Our mission and goal of this podcast is to improve your money journey and help you create the financial life you deserve. So let's talk money and sports. Welcome back to How to Money with Cole and Cole. Bailey Ashbrook here. Join the boys this time. Going to jump in and start hosting the, the little podcast with you guys, right? Yeah. yeah there yeah. we go. A little more CFG team oriented. So yeah, we're excited. We're going to have a special episode. We're going to do questions and answers. Uh, we had clients submit questions through Facebook and in the office. So we're going to answer your money questions. Yeah, we still have Caleb here. Yeah, he, yeah. He's still part of the podcast. We Hi, everybody. We I'm, didn't disbar him. Yeah, yeah. But. I'm still here. If you're watching this on video, you can't see me, but I'm still here, here yeah. in the flesh. So <laughs> they couldn't get they could get rid of me, but they couldn't really get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So how are you guys? What's going on in your world? Excited to have me back. I'm. Uh, I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited that the NFL football season's <laughs> about to start because my Cubs suck. Yeah, you so need a, I need, need something to watch. You need a distraction. Yeah. And uh, yeah, welcome, Bailey. Someone's got to keep uh, the coal and coal train on, on the right task. So I think uh, yeah, be up for the job. But. Yeah. Bailey's been waking her kids up for a month uh, to get ready for school. So <laughs> believe me, she, she'll keep us on on task here at the, uh, at the po- coal and coal podcast. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to be the glue girl. So I just do a good job with that. So we're just going to take the office life and bring it into the podcast life. There we but go. Yeah. There we go. What's, uh, what are you guys thinking for the NFL then? Are you Steelers? They haven't picked a quarterback Steelers, yet. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, they had their first preseason uh, game a few nights ago, and uh, all three quarterbacks uh, played really, really well. Obviously, it's preseason, so not too much. But, uh, you know. You Trubisky, Pickett. Yeah, and then um, – Who's the other one? Uh, Mason Rudolph. Who's oh, been yeah, the, yeah, He's yeah. been the backup sure. there for like five years. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, my Steelers. I think we're trending in the right direction. Who knows? But uh, you never know what the um, what the preseason, you know, converts to, to the regular season. Right, right. And my the Broncos, Panther. Russell Wilson didn't play the other night. So, it was kind of like I watched the first, like, five moments. Like, why am I watching this? Like, no starters are playing. So, it was pretty pointless i have a lot of it's off topic here i have a lot of friends that are broncos fans for yes. some reason i don't know why that is but i have like all my my best friends or people I hang out with seem to be broncos fans for some reason yeah that are the packers best. i feel like packers are pretty that's more of a well, they're a little yeah. more local yeah, so yeah. that then packers chiefs vikings bears yeah. broncos that's kind of what you get here in iowa yeah my husband will shed tears over nfl games he's a diehard cowboy fan our house is football oriented iowa hawkeye football oh my gosh it's our life in the fall and speaking of we were yeah, talking about i know it. yeah so we got some local i mean this is kind of a you know a little bit of some local news or not so much news but pretty cool we got two uh two gallery boys um both on on scholarship now i just in the paper over the weekend that uh, kyler frischer local kid got uh was has been there for a few years uh, as a walk-on and got and got offered a scholarship so i had a cool story about him telling his parents mm-hmm. and stuff being on scholarship and then aaron graves uh you know true freshman in there is, is making some headlines of parents saying you know they're I mean, they'd be stupid to redshirt him. So right. That's, that's he's going to play. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that's Fisher a, moved a linebacker. Did yep, you see that? Yep. Right? And yeah. he's in the 2D. Uh, he's back up outside linebacker. So, you know, awesome. we could see two two uh, two gallery boys on the field for the Hawks. This what fall. happened to so, you? Yeah. yeah no, poor me. Right? <laughs> Cole Jasky was a peacock. Yeah. I always like to say that. A little yeah. upper Iowa. They so. go to Iowa, play Division One <laughs> against, uh, who's their first game against? I, 
I don't even know. It's not Iowa State, but they no. got a pretty good opponent the first yeah. game, I think. And then you played it up or Iowa. Yeah, no. I know they're they're holding it down for the Gallery boys. So right. I was a Prairie Valley guy. They're Southeast Valley. Oh, oh yeah. So that's that's a huge the conversion. So I also think Aaron Graves is like two hundred and fifty pounds, like two seventy five. Like he's a little bigger than you. I think yeah, yeah. he's just yeah, he's yeah. built for that. Yeah. But all right, let's do it. You guys ready to jump in some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do all it. right. So basically we got some simple, complex questions, a little bit of everything, but let's go with the first one. Okay, I just have to preface this for Bailey. These will be anonymous okay yep, yep so she asked me to say it because she can't say anonymous <laughs> yeah yeah i really can't okay ready new mom here when saving for our little one's college do you re recommend investing in a 529 plan or investing that money in other outlets yeah i mean pretty relevant question here for all all three of us have you know young kids kind of mm -hmm. planning on on what we're going to do so uh Great, great first question to kick it off. And, and really, it just kind of depends, you know, this is like everything that, that we do, you know, at Central Financial Group, we're always, we're always, you know, goals based, planning based. So first, it comes back to, you know, what's the goal? Like, how much do you want to maybe help with? Mm -hmm. Maybe you start there saying, hey, I, we would like to pay for 50%, 25%, you know, and then you and then you got to go a little bit further into the weeds of, you know, do you think they're going to go to kind of play a guessing game. You think they're going to go to University of Iowa or are they going to go to, you know, Iowa Central or, you know, based on cost. So that can dictate how much you need to save, what plan you go. But yeah, the bit, the biggest difference, you know, uh, for the state of Iowa example, you there, if you use the state of Iowa 529, there is some tax benefits to using a 529 if they're used, you know, appropriately. So you can get a tax deduction as a parent contributing to, uh, to the individual 529. And then also, you know, that, that 529 grows hopefully over 15, 20 years, start using it for, for college and those distributions come out tax-free. The, the caveat to that though, is sometimes if you don't say you don't have a child that goes to, to college and, or, you know, maybe they get a job or they're, they want to be an entrepreneur and they, you know, they don't ever need higher education. Um, then you have this bucket of money that's in that 529. And then there's, there's some other issues there. So if that, if that's the case, or you're thinking, Hey, we more want to save, there are other alternatives such as custodial accounts, things that work like a traditional brokerage account that a parent can manage. Yeah. Um, and we, I mean, we say this pretty frequently, like it's different for everyone's different situation. Okay. Like just for example, and I have no problem telling people what I do is I do some 529 money, yep. but then I also do a non-qualified account where I'm investing, where I don't have to use it for college education. But if I want to buy my kids a, a car or a graduation gift or whatever, what, ha what have you, um, I want to have both options. That's exactly so. what I do yeah. too. Because we have a lot of clients come in, their big fear with 529 is what if my kid does not yep. go to college? Because right. we don't know what college is going to look like in 10, 20 years. Or what if they go into the trade and I rather use that money for a car or something. So yeah. Absolutely. I think yep. they're both great options. And then that's another benefit of sitting with an advisor to figure out which avenue is probably best for you in your situation. This is something good for listeners. I think, you know, just here, a lot of people don't talk about this, but, but 529s, uh, individual 529s can also accept other gifts and contributions that are not just the owner or the parent that set that up. So if you want to, for example, I, I try to, I, this doesn't always happen because grandparents always love to give gifts, something they'd like to see it. Right. But you know, if they're constantly given things, but they want to give more, that's a great way for Christmas. And Hey, you can do a contribution to, to their college fund. And that's, right. it can be from anyone. So that's, mm -hmm. that's one thing a lot of people don't maybe don't know. Um, but, uh, something I think people should think about. Yeah. yeah. Just because you're the owner of the account as the parent, you don't have to be the one that writes the mm -hmm. check. Yep. The grandparent can yeah. contribute. Grandparent, aunt, the deduction. uncle, yep. What, yep. whatever can write the check and send it in. Yep. They just won't get the tax deduction, but right, right, yep. right, right. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. All right. Question two. Can you help me with my 401k? I don't understand it. And who oversees it? Yeah. So 401k, we get asked about those pretty frequently because, you know, your, your employer really, they set it up and then it's, you get the login, you get the paperwork, however they have you enroll that they don't help you necessarily fill that out or pick your investments or anything like that. So yes, we can help you with that. We, we can't, uh, most of the time we can't really go in and be the advisor on the plan. Now, so we do have some 401k plans that are under us, but that's an employer's choice. So as far as not understanding it, that's pretty frequent with, yeah. with clients uh, because, hey, I want to invest for my retirement, but I don't know how much to put in. I don't know what investments to pick. So we do help you set that up. Um, not something necessarily we can, we can charge a fee on, but it's part of our service that yep. we offer. Yeah, because I feel like we do get people like they've been investing in their 401k for five, 10 years, but they've never looked at it. And they're like, oh, my employer's handling it. And we're like, no, 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 no. You like actually have to go no, no, in. No, no, and, no, no, no. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's we, an education. I mean, that's that's yeah. really what we, we do is educate because each plan, you know, relatively the same, but they all have some different nuances. Mm -hmm. the, the fund lineups can be different from plan to plan based on, you know, the selection there. Is there Roth options? Mm -hmm. Is there after tax contributions? A lot of different things. So um, that's good where we, a lot of times we'll just go over it with you, you know, have you come in the office, you know, pull, if they bring you a booklet or, you know, you have the ability to get online, we'll, yeah. we'll just walk through the education right. side and, and, um, we can give recommendations based on that. I usually have people bring in their login and then we mm -hmm. log into it. And then I, you know, sometimes walk them through like, here are your investment options here, mm -hmm. what you're contributing. Here's what your employer matches. Um, so your employer sets it up for everybody, right? Your individual account. They never look at your individual account. I can guarantee that they don't look at your personal account and try to help you with it because that's just not, they don't, they don't have time and they don't have the fiduciary responsibility to do that. Correct. And then just caveat after that, a lot of people just set target funds in those, I think sometimes, and they don't even know like what they're actually in. So like I think it's so beneficial. Cole, I've seen Cole P do it a lot. I know Cole J does it, but just to go in and talk through it and educate them on these are the funds. Here's what we're looking at. Roth, all that. So it's great. So that this takes us to the next question. How much of my in income should go towards retirement funds and in, in my 401k or IRA, et cetera? Again, I always, I always feel like I'm, uh, I'm saying, well, there's, there's nuances to this, right? <laughs> broken, broken record, right? Yeah, you know, broken record, but, but there is, right? And that, that's a, the, the expectation of, uh, that, you know, you as the investor, you have to decide that of what does retirement look like for me? How much do I need to spend? Where's that money going to come from? And then you backtrack into, okay, if I want to spend $50,000 a year for my retirement account. I need to, and I got 30 years to save. Here's how much I probably need to start saving at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, it's always, um, but kind of best practice. You think of best practice, make sure you're getting your employer's match. First mm -hmm. and foremost, if it's within a 401k plan, um, make sure you're getting, you know, whatever that, I mean, that's part of the education of understanding your 401k plan. Make sure you know that so you're maximizing the contribution that doesn't need to come from you to, you know, to increase that savings. And then, you know, it, if you get to... Again, there's no right or wrong answer on that. I don't think we can we can get there. Obviously, we we try to promote save as much as you can. Mm -hmm. You know, right. it, it's you know exhaust as many buckets, whether it's your 401k bucket, boom, you max out that portion, then you go to okay, what's the next thing I can save into? Maybe it's a Roth IRA, maybe it's an after-tax account or some different ideas, but you know, that really comes down to the individual situation and really you as the individual 
um, person setting that long-term goal and what that looks like. Yeah, as a gen as a general amount, and we're not saying this is the amount that you right. should everyone should invest, but ten to fifteen percent of your income should go into some sort of retirement plan. Um, that's if you want to retire at normal retirement age at sixty. Let's just call it sixty-five. If you want to retire at fifty-five, then you're probably right. more like 20, 25, 30 percent of your income needs to go into retirement, you know, a retirement account or into some sort of investment account. And you don't always have to put it into a retirement account. There are what we've talked about several times, a non-qualified account where you can use it for whatever reason. You don't have to use it for retirement. Um, so that that's something that I have a lot of people do. If they want to retire before age 59 and a half, I have them do a non-qualified account because then we can use that money between 55 and 59 and a half to live on or to you know do for expenses. So uh, like we say, a lot of times it's different strokes for different folks, it's a different <laughs> yep. amount yeah. for everybody. But in general, you should say between at least 10 to 15% of your gross income. Yeah, that's a good goal, which leads into another question that's going to be dependent on the person. How much money do I need to retire and how do I spend my money in retirement? Well, Bailey, how do you want to retire? That would be the question for yep, it. So yep. if you want to retire and take European vacations like Cole Jasky, <laughs> um, you need a lot more than the person that wants to right. live in Fort Dodge and have everything paid off and just go to local football games. So it's different for everybody. Um, we're not going to throw out an amount here because it, it, it varies from $500,000 to $50 million based on how you want to live. Um, so how do you spend your retirement? The other half of that question is how do I spend my retirement savings? We can set you up several different ways. We can set you up with an income stream. We can set it up just as you live off your social security and pension uh, payment. And then you use your retirement savings as, you know, when things come up, uh, medical bills, cows, houses, you know, cars, things like that when you, you need big um, expenses. But there's a lot of different ways to, to go about it. So yeah. <laughs> it seems like we said the same answer to a lot of these. It's but, but that's depending what, that's on your situation. Yeah, that's what we're doing. I mean, and that's what, you know, we want our listeners to, you know, or anyone that's looking for some education in this space is you got to have the conversation to, to, to figure what that, those numbers are, mm -hmm. you know, yep. you got to say, cause what, just like Cole said, what he wants to do in retirement looks different for me. So we're probably, you know, our, our situations are going to look different and some people have pensions where income comes from. Some people don't, you know, some people have bigger social securities don't. So it's, it's all, there's a lot of variables in there. And really it comes down to, you know, first defining the expectation of what you right. want. And then you got to backtrack into the plan of, okay, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. and, and that's where a lot of these answers come from. We, uh, we sit down with clients and we give you your personal number. We don't have a number for, in, for everybody, but um, you know, I just ran a, a plan with, with a gentleman the other day and, and his number was basically 5 million. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wanted 5 million saved up by the time he retired mm -hmm. and that was going to make him feel comfortable. Um, we, you know, showed income coming out and what he, how he wanted to spend it. The next person, the next person's going to be 1 million. You know, it's, it's so it, it varies. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So here's another question, but this one, we got a little example. So you'll have a little better answer. How much life insurance should my spouse and I have and what kind of life insurance? We make 150k a year combined and have four kids. I make 115, he makes 35. Yeah, I I'll I'll, I'll I'll go with my thought yeah. process on this of how I would handle this situation and and um I don't know if we they have four kids, so I assume they're they're younger individuals mm -hmm, too mm -hmm. and have have kids in the house. So that always, you know, when that with that situation, especially you have um, for one spouse that's making the majority of the income, 
income is important and income replacement, thinking about that if something were to happen, you know, replacing my income for not only my spouse, but for my my four kids that that are dependent on me. So, you know, general rule of thumb, you know, I always will start with, okay, how old's your youngest kid? Let's get your youngest kid through through, you know, to an adult or maybe mm-hmm. through college if they, you know, if that's part of the, you know, if they want to help pay for college if one of the other passed away. So you take your income times, you know, say your youngest is one year old times 18, you know, 18 years old. So theoretically, you know, if you, if one spouse made a hundred thousand at 18 years, they wanted to replace their income, it's $1.8 million. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of money, but if something were to happen and you think about that, replacing that income for that, that years, because now there's only one income for one, you know, if one happens to the spouse and, um, and then along with all the stress of losing a spouse, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to raise four kids. So, uh, I, I don't want to give an exact number. I mean, but right. that, that's the rationale you'd want to go through. And then, then you start looking, okay, what's your debt look like? You have a mortgage, mm-hmm. you know, do you owe car payments? Do you owe this? And then you start kind of adding onto that number and all of a sudden it might be, well, for spouse A, you know, we need to replace income for 20 years plus pay off any debt if something happens. Mm-hmm. Spouse B, income's not as high, so maybe that number's a little smaller for the income replacement, plus, you know, whatever debt payoff. So that that would be the conversation you'd want to have to kind of back into that right. uh, number. General rule of thumb. Obviously, some some people say, well, you know, I don't need to rep- you know replace my spouse's income for 20 years or whatever it might be. So you, you got to have that conversation. But, you know, in all reality, you want to think if that actually happened, right? No one ever thinks, you know, that's the unfortunate part about life insurance. We only want it when, you know, we need it. Yeah. When you really, you know, really something crazy happens and then you're going through it, you know, and unfortunately we've, we probably all have stories where that, that Mm -hmm. happens and they didn't have the life insurance or whatever it might be. And the situation's a lot tougher, you know, it's already tough. Let's not make it tougher. And that's, where having that conversation of backing into, well, if this, you know, have given a real life example, this happened, how, you know, what do you want to happen? Right. G- general rule of thumb when you're, when your spouse is dependent on your income, mm-hmm. you want to have between 10 to 20 years yep. of income replacement in life insurance. Mm-hmm. Now, the other half of this question is what kind yes. of insurance? What we're, what we're going to typically do at our office is maybe a combination or maybe all term based on budget. And age, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yep. budget and age. But so say these people are 35 years old. They got four kids in the house. Obviously, their budget's probably already tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yep. just just in general. Um, I know mine is with the four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say <laughs> so. So we're we're not going to write you a um, million dollar permanent policy. It costs you a thousand dollars a month. It just it, it's not going to make sense. Obviously, so we're going to mostly go with term coverage at this point. Um, you know, a thirty year term probably to get to you to age sixty five when you're approximately going to retire. We would write the majority into term coverage, mm-hmm. and then maybe go with a combination of you know a smaller permanent policy, so you always have that policy. Um, so the difference between term, obviously, the the term will run out uh, where you won't uh, you can renew it, but the rates get way too high. The permanent policy you say pay the same premium for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. and you keep that that insurance the rest of your life. So. The term just gets you, uh, it's more like a Band-Aid to get you to uh, retirement or get you past where the kids are out of the house or um, where you need more death benefit, but the permanent coverage is meant forever. Correct. Because, and then this will be the next question. My husband does not qualify for life insurance. What should I do in that situation where someone's uninsurable for health reasons? Yeah, what you're going to want to do, because we have this situation come up, you're going to want to check with your group plan at work. Mm-hmm. And, and try to max your coverage out at work because if you don't qualify for insurance, why would you not qualify for insurance? Well, you had a, 
you know, you had a cancer a couple of years ago, the, the life insurance companies are usually going to want to see between five to 10 years after you had cancer, um, that it didn't reoccur, uh, or maybe it did reoccur. And then you're basically uninsurable for at least 10 to 15 years. So there's lots of different reasons people don't qualify for life insurance, but if you don't, you always qualify for a group plan. Mm -hmm. So a group plan is designed to get the people that can't get life insurance outside of the group plan. So I have people and I say, go to your HR, get to your life insurance uh, handbook, whatever you get from work, bring it into me. We're going to max out as much insurance as you can get at work. It's relatively inexpensive generally too, through the group plan because your employer has set up some type of, you know, obviously set up that group plan and um, allows for there to be affordability to buy up additional coverage. And generally it's pretty affordable. Yeah. And it was crazy. I was actually listening to a podcast this morning and I think they said the statistics of people having life insurance coverage is going down. Like more and more people aren't covering themselves with life insurance. And I just think me and Luke, my husband had the conversation and I'm sure you guys are in the same situation. I couldn't imagine, you know, something happening and then thinking, gosh, if we would have just had that life insurance, it's a heavy conversation, kind of like wills, but like, man, it's already such a burden to go through that. And then if you don't have the expenses and the financial burden that would come after not replacing that income. So it's something super important, I think, for people to think about. I agree. I I don't want to be in that position ever where I have a a friend or someone with anyone, but anyone where, or a client that I currently have. And I didn't mention, you know, hey, what's your life insurance situation Mm -hmm. uh, look like? And then something happened and I dropped the ball. And that's something that would, would, you know, eat at me pretty bad. I know. Yeah. So I know I've made sure, you know, it's not always a fun counter. People don't right. want to talk about it, but it's something that is very important. And unfortunately, you know, we all have real life examples yes. of, of where something bad has happened. Yeah. Yep. Never think it's going to be you, but being prepared. So that was a little heavy question. So we'll take a little break, get a little more fun questions after this. So thanks guys. Good job. This podcast is produced by spin market and digital. Located in Fort Dodge, Iowa, Spin Market's highly skilled team can help you increase your market by updating your website, improving SEO, designing advertisements, and producing podcasts that will grab the attention of your market. Contact Spin Market today for all your digital marketing needs at digitalagent at spinmarketwith2ks.com or call us at 515-302-8026. And to learn more, visit our website at www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. That's digitalagent at spinmarket.com or 515-302-8026. Or visit our website, www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. You guys don't know this as well as I know this, but the boys in the office are obsessed with golf. Just obsessed. The word obsessed is a little... No, it's not. It's accurate. It's so accurate. Like, they'll come in in the morning and be like, did you see me on hole seven? I (laughs) chipped this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, okay, well, good morning. I'm with these guys two hours hours a month, and I can tell you they're obsessed with golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they're looking at me like I'm lying. You you will have... I, I don't know... This is a random thing, but we'll be having like conversation. All of a sudden, there's like a practice golf swing that comes yes! out. Like I will do that all the time. I'll do it at home. My wife is like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm just, you know, it's like a, just a, be like, a thing I do." Cool, Jessica. Yeah. Will be like, "Hey, uh, can you help me with?" And then he's in mid swing. I'm like looking at him like, 
Bailey's doing the motion here. Like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. like we are, we, see you. Yeah, we are on YouTube, <laughs> but, um, but it's for our listeners. She's podcast. Yeah. I can't yeah. see you. But on uh, that, I think Cole P has some big golf news. Well, I mean, not huge golf t- news, but I was glad to see Will's Alatoris win. I mean, he's been second place in like three majors. He's been second place in like five tournaments and he's such a good dude. Everyone on tour loves him and I love him. Yep. I think he's awesome. He's just like probably 150 pound, five ten guy. I mean, he looks yeah, like he, he's you got second a million times yeah. too, and runner up in majors. So you, you feel good for a guy that that uh, gets gets a win. So yeah. yeah, I feel like in any individual sport, when a guy who gets second that many times yeah. finally wins, everybody's happy, yeah, even the guys who don't like him. Yep. It happened to Mickelson there for a long time. Remember when he used to get second in like all the majors and never yeah. could win one, and and this wasn't a major that that Zalatoris won, but. Um, I was just glad glad yeah. to see him get a get a W under his belt. Everyone was happy. We didn't talk about this, but the you know on the golf talk, uh, we've a we've the member guest, the local Fort Dodge Country oh, yeah. Club yeah. member guest this weekend. So we're gonna have a little uh, you know we'll have an update for the next uh, podcast on how the office you know all the boys will be you know. Uh, Do you remember what? who won last year? Did you win? Yeah. Oh God! Me and my partner. God, I, I wouldn't have brought I wouldn't have brought that up. I didn't even know that. So do you guys listen to how giddy yeah. they get yeah. when they talk uh, about golf? Yeah. Is this on Saturday? Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. Yeah. Molly was like, uh, what time do you guys play? And I'm like, basically, you're not going to see yeah, me yeah. all weekend. <laughs> we got, I'll see you on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. So who's so, going to uh, win? I don't know. It's, you know, it's. Who's it, your partner? It's, um, I got buddy from, from Des Moines, Brady, Brady Hay. But Brady it's Hay. a, that's it's right. a handicap type deal partner. So it, there's a lot of variables. It's, that's what makes the, how we, how you do it. It's anyone can really win. Right. You know, it's not like the right. best. highest handicap yeah, guys can yep. win. So it, it's a fun format. Mm. So when you say so you could win Bailey, what's the format? I'm, I'm curious athlete. now. You wouldn't understand it. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's two man best ball, which you play your own ball with handicap. Okay. Yep. Mm. Gotcha. This is what I do. Like, if Eddie wins, I'll go to Cole J and be like, so, Cole J, how was golf this weekend? And then if Cole J wins, I'll go to Eddie and vice versa with Cole P. I just love getting under their skin. Yeah. But she knows it bothers us. Yeah, yeah. We're all competitive, which is a good thing. We'll, yep. co- we'll compete for you. So, here we go. Let's get back to the questions. Another one. When should I start taking my social security? It's a pretty blanket statement. So, I'll add, what are the pros and cons of waiting? situation stuff like that so so the ages range from 62 to 70 there's mm-hmm. no re- you cannot take it before 62 unless you're a widow we won't go there but um just your own personal social security mm-hmm. 62 is the earliest you can elect it 70 is the latest that you can elect it there's no reason to wait past age 70 so why you would take it at 62 if you retire maybe your life expectancy isn't very good because you do get a significant reduction to about 25 percent reduction mm-hmm. in what your normal retirement benefit would be. So if your normal retirement benefit was going to be uh, $2,000, you would actually get receive $1,500 and that reduction is for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people are going to wait until at least when they retire uh, because there is an earnings test if you take it before that. Um, or you're going to have what I like to do with my clients is have one of them wait till 70 and then one of them take it when they retire because when one of you passes away, the higher one stays, the other one will drop off. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you mentioned yeah. something there. Just touch on the earnings That's test a, a little bit say. because okay. that is something I think people yes. misunderstand sometimes. They're they kind of like, well, I've paid into Social Security all my life. I want to get the yes. most, so I'm going to take it at 62 even if I'm still working. Just touch briefly. You don't go too in detail but but because you went over that quick, and I think right. that's a valid topic that yeah, you know, we, he, it comes up. Yeah, so uh, so I've heard that scenario yeah. a lot from people. They're like, "Well, I'm taking Social Security at 62." I'm like, "Well, are you still going to be working?" Yeah, I'm. You know, I will still be working. 
well, you're going to be making, you know, your normal wage of $50,000. So the earnings test, this is in a quick scenario, how it works is they take whatever you make minus, let's just use 20,000 as it, cause it's like 19,880. So they take 50,000, say you're making 50,000 minus the $20,000 that you're allowed to make. So the $30,000 difference, they would take $1 out of your social security for every $2 that you make over that. So 30,000 divided by two, 15,000. So if your social security is 15,000, they're going to actually take your whole social security and you're not going to get any pay. So there's yep. no reason to take it. Yep. Correct. And, and they're not going to take it forever. What they're going to do is they take that and they put it back into your social security when you, when you actually turn normal retirement age and then they increase it. So you do get it back, but it's, it's pointless to take it early if you're going to continue to work and make above the earnings test. And and he says by, by normal retirement age, that's you'll, you'll see if you, if you look on your social security statement for uh, people that get them or found them online, it's your full retirement age. And that's based on when you were born and, and stuff. So there's, it is a little bit different, you know, for, for everyone, but relative in that 65, 66, 67. So that once you hit that age, then the, what Cole's talking about, the rules don't, don't really apply. Even if you keep working into your, into 70 that, you know, at that point, the full retirement age. If you have not elected yep. Social Security, most likely your Social Security retirement date is 67. Yep. There are some that are a little bit, you know, it's like 66 and eight months, 66. Yeah, now that people are eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. aging, yeah. I, I forget, forget Yeah, that. we're so, past the 60, yeah. 66. Yep. So we are. Um, most people that are going to listen to this show, if you have not taken your Social Security, your normal retirement age is 67. So yeah. plan on at least working to 65 where you are eligible for Medicare. 67 would be your full retirement age. You do not have to wait until 67 to take Social Security as long as you're not working. Right. And there is an emotional piece to it, too, because you do have some people that come in. They're like, I'm taking it no matter what, because, you know, my dad passed away and he never got his or vice versa. So I think mm -hmm. it's really good to have you guys or us sit alongside and be like, look at the longevity options. Like there's so many things to it. But a little plug, we do have seminars and we educate clients. We actually have Social Security seminar coming up October 6th. Right, October 6th. So what we do is we invite clients and prospects, and you guys can just come learn. And we have uh, Ernie, actually, someone, a wholesaler, coming to educate you guys. So it's always a great event. You get to food, but you learn so much. I mean, we learn stuff because it's... It changes all the time, yeah. too. Yep. So it's quite it, in-depth. It's yeah. great to... If you if you haven't taken Social Security, it's it's awesome to to show up and, and at least learn a little bit about what your options are. Yep. And then... Um, you know, you can feel a little bit more educated. And like Bailey said, we learn something new every time that we have the the seminar. And, uh, you know, it's out at the Starlight, October yep. 6th. I think yep. we start at 6 o'clock. So we'll have more information uh, in yep. the coming months. We also have, uh, this is, I'm Go kind of a nerd with the numbers <laughs> here. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. You guys it, are nerds. I didn't it's, know. That. <laughs> it's, you know, you can, you can. You know, if you knew when you were going to die, obviously we You're could right. tell you statistically exactly. You know, hey, here's a here's how you should do it for sure. If you knew you were going to die mm -hmm. at eighty two, here's what age you should take it because we can maximize the right. numbers. So that's one thing our you know financial planning software when we're doing financial plans, we can run those numbers and you say, well, I, you know, my parents both lived you know to eighty eight, mm -hmm. eighty, you know, late eighties. That's kind of where I'm looking. Okay, here's statistically what you should do. You know, if you want to, you know, make a decision that way of just what the you know what the numbers say, yep. but a lot of it, yeah, there's, there's the emotional side that, yeah. that comes along with it as well. Yeah. So I just think it's important to use an advisor to think about it financially, not just emotionally, but I get it. So good question. Whoever answered that. Okay. Next one. I'm getting divorced. Ooh, heavy topic. What should be my next <laughs> steps with my financial accounts? Did you tell Luke yet? 
<laughs> he would be like, what are, I mean, there's always one person in every relationship, but I said to Luke, I said, if I die, there's a folder. Everything we have is in there. <laughs> Everything's lined out, all the passwords. I, I have a thing saying like, what to do with the life insurance money. You like. tell him to just come see me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got oh, him. Geez. I got him under control. I'm a little type A. Which they're making fun no. of me. They're just as type A. We went from True. divorce to dead. <laughs> that was dramatic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Who no, was yeah, talking about yeah, divorce? Yeah. I did. Okay, yeah, so Bailey and Luke divorced. are getting divorced? Never, never. No, no I don't. No, never, never. Yeah, that did switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even catch that. that. We all I went. didn't either. I was we thinking about went, life so. insurance because I was thinking about our life insurance folder. I have um, what to do with the life insurance money. Okay. okay. Like, I anyway, bring it back in. Back to where we were. You're getting divorced, Bailey. Okay. What should you do with your financial accounts? Yes. Well, the most common thing that I see people do that is the wrong thing to do is start taking money out or moving things. Mm -hmm. You should not do that lawyer attorneys judges they do not like that so do not start cashing out accounts and taking money out and trying to hide it that that's a bad thing uh, as far as your financial accounts really while you're going through a divorce there's not much you can do mm -hmm. you should continue to contribute you should continue because it's all going to go based on the assets that's that were when you guys got married to when you got filed for divorce mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about when after you file for divorce or or your spouse files for divorce um, you know, what you contribute after that, because that will be calculated into everything. Mm -hmm. So really the answer is yeah. nothing. Yeah. You shouldn't do anything. You make sure you get your professional. I mean, that's yeah. what we're always, we're always going to rely on your professionals yeah. there to give it, you your attorney, attorney yeah. to say, Hey, what should I do? Here's the accounts I have. You know, a lot of times we, we sit in the shoes where we get asked legal, you know, mm -hmm. a you know, tax questions and, uh, you know, First and foremost, hire a good professional to, to that you trust to give you advice and start there. And that's what that's generally how we're going to yeah. start that conversation. I think what you and I, we could help with is what's life look like after the divorce. Agreed. On one income, you know, I think people forget that all of a sudden I'm living a completely different lifestyle because now we're not living on either two incomes. You know, we're down to one, so that's something we could right. help with. So Wait, this has been fun. This has been good. I'm happy to be back, but I got a, a big question. The last question. And this is a little more personal for you. What is the best money advice you have ever begin, been given that you hope to pass on to clients? You got an heavy, answer? All right, I got, heavy, I got my heavy. answer. Right, I'll go. think for a second. Okay. That, that's, there's a lot of, lot of thoughts that go through the brain there. Yeah, the best money advice I got, and, and I don't know if I followed it quite <laughs> yeah, followed to it. a T, but save early. Mm -hmm. and, and I wish I would listen to... I think we, we all wish we would have listened to our parents now that we're a little bit older. But, um, you know, my parents, when, when I was growing up, I was trying to, you know, put some in save. You know, you get 20 bucks, put 10 in savings, you know, use 10 for spending money. That's That was kind of their deal. Like, try to put half of what you get paid into savings. Didn't quite do that, but um, invest early. Uh, because time is on your side, mm -hmm. you're going to make so much more money with your investments uh, over time if you invest early. So... That would be my my number one thing. That that thought definitely came came right. to my brain, and that's one thing I always wish I would have did more early. Yeah. I think I started early, but I'm like I could have did more. It was just right. like I wanted to play and have fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll do this much, but I, this I have one maybe that's that's um, you know I think of a little bit more on the on the business end, but I do treat you know my individual finances as a business. You know mm -hmm. I run it. You know that's how you you should should treat it. It's your own little individual business that you're running and. Um, one thing I think is really important and invite, you know, someone had given me is, is educate yourself. And then if, if it's something maybe you, you just don't understand, 
find someone that you know is successful in that arena or does understand and reach out to them. So many people want to be, you know, love to share, especially successful people. Yep. They love sharing their stories and, and how and helping people. I mean, that's part, of, I think, what drives a lot of successful people seeing other people succeed. And Absolutely. that's one thing that has helped me more in the business world, I would say, but but is relative to finance, any part of your life. Find someone that is, you know, if you, you have someone that's successful in, in a field that you're fascinated with, reach, reach out and ask, like ask questions, ask right. what, what, you know, what can I do to, to do that or, or, you know, to replicate what you've done. Take them um, to lunch. Yeah. I mean, yep. that's, that's, uh, that'd be the best $25 you ever spent if yep. you get some good advice. I agree. Yeah. It's just the education piece too. I think like, I think a lot of people wait to educate themselves on money and then they come in older and they're like, I wish I would have started earlier, invested earlier. And I don't know what any of this is. I think it like the best advice I would give someone, it's okay not to know, but don't wait to educate yourself. Yep. You know what I mean? Don't wait to start just because you're a little scared that intimidated by that financial world. Like if you're 30 years old and you're like, I don't even know what 401k Roth don't, who cares? Just right. educate yourself. And I know Cole does a good job about for his clients, like trying to educate his younger yep. clients with the book. So one, one other thing on yeah. that advice is, is don't be nervous to meet with a financial yeah. advisor. We hear that a lot from yeah. people that yeah. come in. They're like, Oh, I'm so nervous to come meet with you. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, okay. Like I understand it's, it's new and it's, it's something different. Maybe you've never done before, but it's, it's not, we're not going to like yell at you yeah. for what you've been doing. Yeah. We're going to just educate you and try to help you. And, and we do hear this from people like they say that we're so nervous when they can't, we're going to come in. And then when they leave, they say, yeah. I feel so much better. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. don't, don't wait to meet with somebody just because you don't know what you're talking about, because that's why we're the professionals and, and we can help you. Definitely. That's, that's great advice. So that question will wrap it up. Thank you for all your wisdom. Thanks for answering all the questions. A uh, special guest on the next podcast episode. We got Craig Gerard, a uh, brown shoe fit business owner. So it'll be business owner, entrepreneur type conversation. So that'll be great for you that's guys. That's a word I can't say. Entrepreneur. I, can't. I was just nervous. Entrepreneurial. Hey, and don't, don't forget uh, to, to like, you know, like us yes. on all the social media. Facebook. Yep. Cole yeah. and Cole on Facebook, CFG's on Facebook, Share find us podcast. on YouTube. Um, and comment and below who's going to do better in this weekend's golf tournament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll make my prediction to end this. I'm feeling Cole P. I got yeah. you, bud. I think you're coming oh, in strong this weekend. Well, we did win last year. That's not Barf. a bold prediction, by the way. But I feel like you've been losing a lot this I'll year. Take, I'll, I'll take Cole J mm -hmm. just for the fun yeah, of yeah. it. Okay, I okay. appreciate it. All I appreciate right. it. All right, all better right. wrap it up. Take thanks, care, everyone. Yep. All right. Thanks all. Have a great day. Go Cubs. You've been listening to How to Money with Colin Cole, the podcast of Essential Financial Group, courtesy of Spin Market. Learn more about the Central Financial Group on their website, www.centralfinancialgroup.com. For now, I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. And we'll see you on the greens. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated, Member FINRA SIPC, Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated. Material discussed is meant for general informational purposes only and it is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification does not insure against loss. Any guarantees discussed refer only to fixed 
insurance products and are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company.